Now what? All right. So, hi, everyone. Um, my name is Latrice Ferguson, and I lead the Workplace Learning and Professional Development team. And I am super excited to chat with my colleague, my friend, my homie, my cut-up partner. Yes, um, absolutely. But I won't tell y'all his name yet. <laughs> I'll keep you in suspense. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, just to set this, the framework again, this is our podcast, and uh, we call it Interruptions because we believe that the magic happens in an interruption. And so sometimes people are like, well, what do you mean by, what do you mean by interruption? And so what we believe on the Workplace Learning Professional Development team is that there are moments when people are primed to learn and people are primed to take action. And typically, they're primed to learn and take action in that moment of interruption. By interruption, I mean there could be a project that you're working on that didn't go as well as you would hope, had hoped. Um, there could be a relationship on the job that's not, you know, panning out the way you could be most effective at work. Just whatever, when, when, when something goes wrong, I guess, you could is a simple way of saying it. That's the moment of interruption. And that's the moment, typically, when people are looking for tools to help them do better. And so that's really what we mean by interruption. So let's get started. My friend today, his name is Rex Welch. And I'm going to let him tell you a little bit about himself. Rex, how you doing? I'm good. You're good. Thanks for the invite. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for coming to chat with me for a little bit. So tell us about yourself and what you've been up to. Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah, for real. (laughs) Uh, Well, I've been at tech for a long time. A long time. Long time. How many years? It'll be 20 years in April. Oh, my God. Isn't that crazy? That's crazy. 20 years. It's so funny to hear that. I had a five-year plan. Really? I yeah, overshot it. Yeah, big time. <laughs> big time. Big time. You're an overachiever, huh? I, well, you know, <laughs> you know me. <laughs> and what role? What have you been in the same role? What have you been doing over these past twenty years? Um, no, actually, I've been in the HR field for the whole time. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know, many years worked in different different parts of central HR. Okay. And then in the last four years, I've been lucky enough to work for the vice president for research, Jill DeGarten, okay. as her. Um, HR director. Oh, awesome. So, yeah. So, okay. kind of being on my early son of career, being on the one side of the fence, and then crossing over, being on the other side of the fence, being well, a client of Central HR. Oh, a client. Okay. So, client versus uh, right. practitioner. I guess uh, you're still a practitioner, though, right? Yeah, but in the roles I had, I was actually, you know, the campus was my client. Gotcha. Where now I'm the client's you know, of central HR in some aspects. Interesting. So I got to practice both sides of the fence in my career here at Georgia Tech. Okay. It's so funny. Like, we always have these conversations about central HR versus the HR folks in the field and how we partner with them to do great work. And I think this is one of those opportunities where we get to do that, your perspective and my perspective. So I'm excited about that. Yeah, like like I've worked on every employment side, like tech temps, research faculty, uh, classified staff, I mean, all that stuff. Okay. So. so y'all see why I invited him. I got the, <laughs> I got the expert here, right? So anyway, the interruption that we're going to talk about today um, is something that I get questions about a lot. And what we're going to noodle on um, is this idea of one-on-one conversations. One-on-one conversations, employees with managers or managers with employees, however you want to to phrase it. And um, randomly, I was thinking about this on my way here. I can't remember how we got on the conversation of one-on-ones back way some years ago, probably. I don't know if I was doing a workshop for you. You or, did. Okay. Remember? Yeah, it was probably 
two years ago, uh, maybe three years ago, it's been so long, that I noticed when I went to my new organization that there was a much conversation going on between mentors and employees. Mm -hmm. And I started developing a little fun thing called Wednesdays with Rex. Mm -hmm. And it was for managers once a month. And we'd have, you know, topical conversations to help them be better managers. Mm -hmm. And one of the first subject matters actually was one-on-ones. And um, I think I brought you in in to talk about one-on-ones and, you know, it was an hour and a half meeting. Mm -hmm. There was something that I actually went through Mm -hmm. that originally didn't really buy in right. in the beginning right. and kind of was very hesitant and in and, and, and the role I was in and the, at the time in the management I was working with mm-hmm. and then eventually um, saw the benefits of it and mm-hmm. then really, I mean, gone through that process and saw someone actually turning the table on me and championing me mm-hmm. when I wasn't being championed for a couple of years where it was like, wow, this is really a manager. A manager really made a huge difference in my career and actually... I wouldn't be where I am today if it wasn't for that person mm-hmm. recognizing some things that I need to be changed or as far as like career change or just let me help you get to the next stage in your career kind of a thing. Yeah. So let's walk through that a little bit. So at first you said that you were kind of hesitant. You weren't really feeling this idea of one-on-ones. What what was driving that, do you think? Um at the time of the management change of leadership, mm-hmm. uh, there were some changes of reporting structure. And the person that I was re- going to be reporting to the very next day was someone that we did not have a good relationship. Mm-hmm. I think in the past we were pitted against each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, no fault of our own. It's mm-hmm. just it, it happened. Mm-hmm. And so I literally went in knowing that this person was probably not going to be my manager was thinking like, oh, they're just counting the days before they're going to welcome me out the door. Oh, and that's okay. how I took it. Mm-hmm. So, when so there was no trust there, I guess. Zero. Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. zero. Yeah kind of like i want to be left alone i've been doing my job for seven years no problems we're doing mm-hmm. great we're good yeah what do me... i got i don't have nothing to talk to you about <laughs> yeah, i know well, how to do, do my job let me do my thing <laughs> you don't know who i am right <laughs> absolutely that is so interesting because i feel like a lot of times a lot of people feel that way and they just don't know how to articulate it right and so i i can definitely relate to that not only from a one-on-one perspective but who wants to talk to someone they don't trust yeah right and, and that and that <clears throat> and that came from even a previous manager before I, I inherited to this manager was mm-hmm. that was there was just very little trust. Yeah. I think there was something said to the face, but there was actions behind the scenes that were opposite of that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there was very little trust in yeah. that regard. So we talk about like, one of the main reasons why I believe in one-on-ones and I believe that they're effective if you just put in a little work is because at the end of the day, we want engaged employees, right? And one of the ways when we talk about engagement, a lot of times people immediately go to directly to the work. Do they do the work? Do they do the spreadsheets right? Do they do? So they must be engaged if that's the case. And typically, that's not the case. What really drives engagement that I found are three things that we talk about a lot in um, some of the classes that we teach, commercial for workplace learning professional development classes. Um, But those three things are trust, clarity, and ownership. And so when one of those things are broken, and it sounds like at the onset that that trust was broken, 
um, it makes it difficult to do it. So I can understand why people are sometimes a little hesitant. Yeah, and I th- in the beginning for during our first beginning, I say our first month, I think we mm-hmm. met weekly. Mm-hmm. Oh, and that's it, a lot. Yeah, and we met weekly, and it was it started from like, well, what do you actually do? Mm-hmm. Start giving me some metrics, figures, mm-hmm. numbers. Mm-hmm. You know, and I remember talking to the business at the time who was trying to do numbers for me, and I thought they're just building the case to try to get rid of me. And she's mm-hmm. like, I don't think that's the case. Mm-hmm. But the, in my mindset, I'm thinking, no, they really are. Mm-hmm. Well, then at fast forward about a month later is when you know I this is where I put the kudos and the applause to the manager she literally sat me down and said something's not adding up mm-hmm. and I said well, what are you talking about she's like I'm looking at all these stats of what you're doing and all these programs you're running and then I look at your performance evaluations and then I've you know I've checked in some of your clients and check and see how your customer service and like you get nothing I have I see nothing but you know great positive thumbs up signs mm-hmm. and so that's when she realized what she's been told or what she's the whatever image was portrayed about me it didn't match up to her investigation mm. so that's what made her turn me around and literally like said i need to get you where you need to go so let's dig in a little bit because there could be two sides to every story right and unfortunately or fortunately we don't have the third person here sounds like you guys worked through everything so we could have that person here if we wanted to but so she was looking at she was working with the set of data you right. you you were also working with the set of data not the data points that you're gathering for the job but just the data points about each other and somewhere somehow there was a shift not only a shift for you but a shift for her and then it seems like that shift demonstrated to you that this was now an ally and not an adversary. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean, because when it happened, it was an emotional, not a breakdown, but it was an emotional meeting because mm-hmm. it was like, you know, for years I was kind of like doing my own thing. It was great. And all of a sudden now it's like someone saying, hey, you know, you're one of our you're one of our top stars. You're mm-hmm. not being recognized for mm-hmm. it. And like you do all this. Look, look at all this work. Look at all the stats we're mm-hmm. seeing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you do the work, you don't think about stuff like that. Yeah. You're just doing the work. You're knocking it out. You're trying to be the best, you know, customer service person running your programs for mm-hmm. campus and being the best person for your clients on campus. You don't think about stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And so when she took the initiative to do all this work and show me like and then show me like, no, like you're one of my top performers on this team. Mm-hmm. And. Then she, you know, then she realized it was like, you need to talk about your career and where you want to go and how I can get you there. Mm-hmm. So uh, let's talk about some tips for managers as it relates to how to turn the tides if they're, if you start off in an adversarial way, right? Right. Um, I was. I'll be honest. I mean, I was not. <laughs> I'd come in with that face and mm-hmm. my notebook and I was mm-hmm. like, the why am I here face? Like, yeah. let's just get this over with. I was. I admit that. Absolutely. So from let's take let's start from there then. From an employee's perspective, what could you have done? What would you have told yourself, let's say that was fifteen years ago? Looking back, what would you have said that you could have done differently to have a different I think looking back now after crossing over crossing the fence to mm-hmm. the other side mm-hmm. is that I would have told myself that like this is an opportunity to actually to be a change engine for yourself. Mm-hmm. And you could have came in and I could definitely show a better professional a professionalism, mm-hmm. and even though if the manager may or may not have had a preconceived idea, mm-hmm. I could have changed that con- conceived idea in the first you know maybe first two meetings. Yeah, that's so. Mr. May perpetuating 
that idea. Right. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, a lot of times I'd say like some of us, we're going to be blessed with great managers who just get it and who are going to do things that, you know, the right way. Right. And you're going to walk in, you're going to feel like, ah, great manager. The chemistry is just there. Then others of us are also going to be equally as blessed with people who just maybe don't get it. Not right. that they're evil people. Maybe they've never been trained. They don't understand what it means. And that's why I tell my employees when I counsel them, even mm-hmm. my own buildings, talking about most people who are managers either probably never went to school or been educated or been trained or been whatever certification or mm-hmm. you have experience and they train and they manage by people who manage them mm-hmm. or they manage the complete opposite mm-hmm. way. Yep. yep. And the idea when you talk about what kind of culture you want on your team, what kind of vision you have for your team, what kind of teammates you want to have and Mm -hmm. their personalities and Mm -hmm. what kind of characteristics. When I talk about that to managers in our meetings, they're like eyes wide open Mm -hmm. because I come from a sports background. So my whole world's been a bit about coaching Mm -hmm. and empowering. And I got 12 athletes and I got two coaches and how I get everybody on the same page for Mm -hmm. the month for the same goal. Yeah. Some people don't have that concept where I have. It's been in my world for a very long time. Right. And the piece of learning for those of you that don't manage people from this segment thus far is really you're the captain of that. Right. Mm -hmm. You can decide how that relationship is going to turn out. You can say, hey, I'm just going to sit back and do my job. This is just something that I need to check off the box or I'm going to figure out how I can leverage this opportunity to, you know, showcase my skills to, you know, add value to the team. Um, and I'm going to keep doing that regardless of what resistance I get because it it, it will have a, a net positive result for me. And right? I think that's that the biggest, to me, the biggest step mm-hmm. is between an employee and a manager is that I think employees all want to have a voice. Mm-hmm. They, and they wanna, they, all employees basically want to know that they're, what they do matters to the organization and what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And ha- allowing them to have that voice and knowing that that manager truly, really cares for them mm-hmm. and truly wants to see them succeed. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the biggest thing trying to get managers to like understand is like, listen, you can really have an amazing, empowered, engaged employee, but you got to maybe help that along. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we and, all have a role in it, right. manager and employee. But some people think managing is making sure they do their job. They come in, at, yeah, mm-hmm. do their job. They come into work, they time, you know, they, they stick to their eight to five, they mm-hmm. do their lunch for one hour, you know, and and do their time out yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and approve their vacation. Right. And that's managing. Mm-hmm. And because yeah. like, it's like I was telling somebody recently, managing is a 24-hour seven job. Mm-hmm. And that's just when I used to manage a team, it's like you're always two, three steps ahead. If you're a good manager, mm-hmm. you're two, three steps ahead of your team. Yeah. There are sometimes, though, managing can be very challenging. Just like I could think of um, your example where, you know, both the manager and the employee probably had the same level of trepidation. Oh, I'm sure right? it was anxiety on it both. It was anxiety on both sides. And so I oftentimes paint this illustration. A podcast isn't a great place for an illustration, but if you have... Two stressed out people, two people with anxiety, two people with preconceived notions trying to have one conversation. That's hard to get through all of that stuff. So sometimes it sounds simple and it sounds cliche to put yourself in the other person's shoes. But to know that that person is just as nervous, just as stressed, just as, you know, all of the feelings you have, they probably have those same feelings. Whether they're the manager or not, just because you are knighted manager and they give you 25 cents more right. mo- money for it doesn't mean that all that stuff goes away. Well, I even try to tell my managers, if you start having one-on-ones, don't even, I mean, again, it's it's really should be driven by the employee. Mm-hmm. It's like, don't even bring up work. 
Mm-hmm. Just get to know the employee. Okay. Let them talk about themselves. Whatever. Yeah. Like, well, how's your family? Whatever hobbies. Just something to make them relax and yeah. relax. You know, just to, again, build some type of relationship. Yeah. I um, read an article that we will link um, in this podcast, but it had one, two, three, four, five, six reasons why we should do one-on-ones. I'll read them. One is for general engagement and motivation. So for the manager and employee to kind of dialogue about Mm -hmm. how engaged they are, how motivated they are. There are ebbs and flows in that. Sometimes you're motivated, sometimes you're not. Um, Team dynamics, what's going on with the team, how are you fitting in, like what can I do to help around those things. Learning and development, so it's an opportunity to do a little bit of teaching and developing. Helping them understand your leadership style and understanding their style. Um, Future ambition and past performance. So conversations about where you want to go, what's going on now, what has happened in the past, kind Mm -hmm. of giving some background. And then the last one says ideas and requests for change. So according to this article, these are sort of like the six primary reasons why you want to start having these one-on-ones. I think that everybody wants an engaged um, workforce. I can think about one-on-ones that I've had with my team every other Monday. So that's another thing. One-on-one should have a cadence, right? A regular reoccurring Mm -hmm. cadence so that you can start to get in the groove of things. But I can remember um, some of my one-on-ones last the full hour. Others of them last like seven minutes. Yeah. And that I had ones. I would get an email from the manager saying, "Hey, we meeting today at nine o'clock," and I'd mm-hmm. be like, "No, I got nothing for us." She's all right. Yeah. So I mean, like sometimes we meet at all because I would have nothing to bring to the table that mm-hmm. week. Yeah, and that, I think that's totally fine. But also, you got to be careful of that because that, in my case, that was a cop out. That was me being a little uncomfortable, the employee being uncomfortable as well. Neither one of us had built that rapport. Um, you know, to just come and chat about, even if there's no status update, like you were right. saying, um, what's going on? What's going on with the team? Where can we improve? Give me some feedback. Let me give you some feedback. Like, that is, like, your time to use it however you want. Well, it's interesting Can we talk about that because we actually, you know, three years ago, we, you know, presented this one-on-one to our management team, and some went out and started doing it. Some mm-hmm. didn't. Some people started it and mm-hmm. then kind of falter well, because of workload mm-hmm. and, oh, I just don't have time. I have nine people reporting mm-hmm. to me. And then I have people who picked it back up. Mm-hmm. And the ones who started it and stopped it and restarted it saw a significant change in their employees yeah. and just in the output of work, personality, just demeanor at work. I mean, they literally, it was palpable. Yeah. Realized how important it was to have the one-on-ones because it was just, the employee just felt more involved, yeah. more engaged. I think we've made an adequate case for one-on-ones. What do you think? Yeah. Uh, I'm 100%. I lived it. (laughs) (laughs) I lived it. So let's shift a bit to give some people some tools, like how to get started. So one thing that I I recognize, so if you aren't having one-on-ones at all right now, how weird would it be for you to listen to this podcast and like, yes, Latrice and Rex, they have sold me on this idea. I'm going to start having one-on-ones. Let me start putting these minutes on folks' calendar. The first thing they're going to be like, uh-oh, like, yep. why? What's this about? What's this about? <laughs> exactly. So, managers, 
it's we're going to put the responsibility on you to initiate. But what you want to do is you want to give some context, right? You want to say, you could give us credit. You could say, hey, I listened to this podcast with Rex and Latrice on one-on-ones. I think it's something that's useful. Um, but just put, if you're going to do it um, via a calendar appointment, put some context in it, right? So some words like, I plan to start doing one-on-ones on our team. It's just an informal conversation to get some feedback from you just to give them some context. It's nice if you can talk to them about that, but give them some context. What about, about that article? What about it? Send that article. Oh, yeah. You could. Oh, yes. yes. So I'm going to link the article in this podcast. So, yeah, you could send the article. So that way they can see actually what their what goal is. is. Yep. Absolutely. Cool. Um, another thing that you kind of mentioned, Rex, is that I have eight direct reports, right? So that's eight hours. That's like yeah. one full day. Yeah. With no bathroom break and no <laughs> lunch. Oh, my God. But I gotta, I like every. I do it every other Monday. I spend that's my whole day. I don't wow. schedule anything. You do it all in one day. I do wow. them all in one day. Um, and I don't know if that's best practices. I just like to start the week, kind of that way. Right. Some people well, it works for you. That's yeah, the whole point. Some people say it's Friday. You can um, mix them up. It doesn't have to be the, all the same day. But I would say dedicate at least. What do you say? Thirty minutes to an hour you know i always tell my manager in the beginning they can start with 30 minutes because i know they're both probably going to be uncomfortable in the Mm -hmm. beginning and then i'd say no more than an hour okay yeah you know i think it's whatever you're comfortable with like with me when i had them Mm -hmm. i started an hour because i like to talk yeah and i don't you know i was looking to have a team that i had about i think 12 people at the time Mm -hmm. so and we already had that day-to-day interaction and Mm -hmm. working and communication so it was really not a big deal to start having that stuff yeah that's the same for me i do 45 minutes but they typically go an hour so i have that 15 minutes but like talk i do like to talk (laughs) i do and the ones that i remember i said some of them last 15 minutes some of them last Uh an hour my last yours you and me we'd be like all day (laughs) at houston right having a good time you got it (laughs) Oh, but speaking of Houston's, like bury the location, right? It doesn't right. always have to be. No, I have I have managers take them off to uh, Einstein Bagels for mm-hmm. their, you know, or to a Starbucks off campus or something like that, just mm-hmm. to change the venue. Yep, to be a more social aspect of it. Mm-hmm. And you could walk and talk. We Absolutely. Do that. Sometimes we do walking. Um, so, oh, I know what I was where I was going. That of that hour, probably the first fifteen minutes is social, like catching up, what's going on. Um, And it doesn't have to be that, but I notice those that last longer kind of start with that. Those that last shorter didn't have any of that and that gave me a clue that there was no connection there right right and so in some way somehow I think it's important to build some sort of connection with people at work I know there are people that say you know I have my work self I have my home self I don't be talking about either or in either place well, that's why I tell my managers, let them talk about themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, if you can get them on a topic, something they're passionate about or something that's going on in their life that they love, mm-hmm. people will talk about that. They'll just go on and on and on and on. Yeah. You know, and that, that's like saying, prefer not to do anything work-related conversation until mm-hmm. you can build that where you can know you can have that ongoing right off the start, boom. Oh, how was your right. this past week or two weeks? Yeah. And what's been going on in your world? And just, you know, again, mm-hmm. even that conversation gives an employee a sense of like, oh, wow, yeah. they, they kind Care. of, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I I agree. Um, and for some people who don't have a long memory, every time I go <laughs> to the doctor or take my daughter to the pediatrician, 
I walk in. She's like, so how was that, you know, ballet thing she had last time? I know she had to. There's no way. She sees hundreds of patients. There's no way she remember. But that's great customer service. But it's great. It makes me feel good, right? Absolutely. so I think those kind of little things go far. Just think about what you appreciate in people and do that, right? Yeah. The other thing that I know a lot of managers have anxiety about is, is it my responsibility to come up with the agenda? Who's going to decide what we're talking about? Um, the article that's linked in this podcast will suggest that it is the employee's kind of duty to bring the agenda. It is their time. It is their 45 minutes, their hour to talk about whatever it is that they need to talk about. It could be status updates. It could be ideas that they have. It could be whatever, but they bring the agenda. I agree with that. Okay. The problem we ran into is some of our our employees, Mm -hmm. they were so scared or they're introverts. Mm-hmm. And so doing something that's out of the box for them, some of the managers had to take more of a lead role okay. until they got more comfortable. And mm-hmm. then the employee eventually took over. Okay. Yeah, that could work. Because they just, they yeah. didn't know what, a, you know, again, it's the education of what a one-on-one is. Yeah. You know, and even for me going through for the first time with that manager was like, I was clueless, you know, I mean, yeah. I've heard of it, but never went through it. And it was kind of like. Okay, it's like walking through a jungle not knowing what when you move that leaf. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what's going to be on the other side? Oh my god, when I go in this office, right. Lord, what is he? So until there's a comfortability, I think, you know, yeah. be some leeway of who actually does what. Yeah, yeah until, I can see that. Yeah. I like that idea. So we got covered who's going to schedule. Um another thing that I do, my team and I we're pretty highly collaborative so I pretty much know in a day to, on a day to day basis what's going on but there are sometimes um, at the onset of us doing this they would bring um, paper or whatever for me to review something they want my feedback on I know myself and I can't be thoughtful in the moment so what I've done is I've said like if there's something you want my direct feedback on inside of our one-on-one you need to send it to me by Thursday Friday morning at the latest so that I can have time to be thoughtful about it and give you some meaningful feedback Um, because in the moment I'm just not as I don't know what the word is quick on your feet well I am kind (laughs) of quick on my feet but (laughs) yeah probably not as quick on my feet as I would want to be like I'm not as thoughtful as I would be if I had a little bit of time to reflect so I asked them to do that but again make it your own whatever it is that um you need be fine with sharing that and letting them know and encourage them to share that too. If your employees aren't giving you feedback, this is an opportunity to say, hey, you know, I'm a work in progress. I'm trying to figure this thing out just like you guys are and give me some feedback. First time they might not have anything, but ask them, can you really be thoughtful over the next two weeks so you can bring something that I can really, you know, just work on. Right. And And I also think, I don't know, against my coaching background, you come back, if it's, it's two individuals to have a conversation mm-hmm. and not really a manager-employee, so it's like a power thing. Mm-hmm. So it, yeah. it comes from two people, even if the manager shares something being personal about themselves during the one-on-ones mm-hmm. or whatever, something where like they're, now there are two people having an engagement yep. mm-hmm. and learning back and forth of each other, from yeah. each other, and getting knowledge from each other is the perfect scenario. Absolutely. And now is that word again, engagement. That's what we're after. We're after engagement. There's a Towers-Watson survey. I think it's from like 2013-14. And it basically says that engaged employees, they produce 100 
and 60% more than a disengaged employee. I think I have the numbers wrong. Something like that. Like a disengaged yeah. employee only gives you like 60% of what you're paying them for. Well, I for. think you're still dealing with humans. Yeah. And humans want to feel value. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's the bottom line. Yeah. I mean, I think people have their own self-pride in their work and what they do. There's also a value they get knowing that they're getting value from the organization mm-hmm. or from leadership, thinking like, mm-hmm. you know, you're one of our, we value, and you're one of our perf- top performers. Mm-hmm. We want to see you go anywhere. Yeah. That's another key, right? So I always say I love managing people who don't need to be managed. That's my sweet spot. <laughs> that goes back to hiring the, that goes back to make sure you have the right hire. Yeah. That's another podcast day. <laughs> right. Absolutely. But oftentimes there are people who need to be managed, right. right? And it's going to be uncomfortable and you just have to ride through that wave of discomfort. Mm-hmm. I promise you, if you give real, authentic, in-time feedback, people will begin to see you as a credible person and start to seek that from you. That word is credible. Yeah. Because I think any employee can see through Mm -hmm. if someone's really just BSing them. Yep. My mom used to say uh, people could tell a fake person as quickly as they can look at a woman in high water pants. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it's so random. But I'm like, what? But people see, like, if be authentic, right? Absolutely. So if you don't really care about the cat, don't ask about the cat. Right. If you don't really care about the dog, don't ask about the dog. But my, figure, my favorite thing is own your truth. Yeah, own yeah. your truth. Absolutely. Figure out some way that you can connect with people. I think that's the idea. All in an effort to increase engagement and to get work done. So we believe that one-on-ones is just one of those tools that managers can put in their toolkit to help them create an engaged workforce. And a stronger team. And a stronger team. What else you got? Anything else, Rex, on -on one-on-ones? Do it. Just do it. No, I mean, (laughs) well, because, I I mean, mean, I'm living it now with, you know, I don't don't know how many managers I have in our building. I have 125 people. But um, is... The hard part is, you know, it's not like it's not mandated, mm-hmm. but it's it's the hard part is getting people to buy in and mm-hmm. follow through, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. So what this will be the challenge for managers. The challenge for managers is if you are not having one-on-ones, try it. Even once a month. Try one a month. Yeah. Just try one. Yeah. Or just try one. And if it goes well, email me, latrice.ferguson at ohr.gotech.edu. If it goes horrendously email me probably be, it'll be <laughs> uncomfortable me. yeah it will be uncomfortable I'm not trying to sell you wolf tickets that it's yeah. not going to be it, I mean some will be comfortable and some will be uncomfortable because you're, you're I mean Latrice I think you're going to talk about introvert extroverts mm-hmm. you're talking about different generational absolutely and everybody speaks differently acts differently and I mean how they even hear communication how they actually say communication mm-hmm. there's so many dynamics yeah. that takes place stop skin don't scare the people Rex oh I'm it's sorry be fine. I'm just saying <laughs> But the challenge really is for managers, if you're not doing it, try it. And just contact me and let me know, and I can give you some tools, and we can do some coaching sessions. We can walk through some things that will help you get better. If you are an employee and your manager has not scheduled something, take the opportunity to say, hey, you know, there are a couple things I'd love to talk to you about on a more consistent basis. Would you be open to the idea of us just setting aside some time to chat? Every other week, so it's on both sides, right? You can't just put the man put the the ball in the manager's court. You can't just put it in the employee's court. So that is our challenge for you. I think during this, oh, you got something else? Uh, Don't don't laugh. 
when you said it takes two, I thought of the Don Marie song from a long time ago. It takes two, baby. And I thought, uh, <laughs> that, look, this that's, is a generational age, thing because I, I thought it takes two to make a thing go right. Okay, that too. I know, but that's a thing that popped in my head. I started giggling. Sorry. <laughs> See, this is rabbit hole. Anyway, it's been fun chatting with you, Rex. Thank you so much. Thank you for the invite. Um, and and by, oh, but I want to make yes. one more comment. Yeah, is also YouTube is when I started researching this. Okay, there's some great videos out there on manager driven mm-hmm. and employee driven. Like you can see scenarios on YouTube of oh, what nice. are really good one on ones are and what are not good one on ones. So okay, I'm just saying as a easy Google through YouTube or whatever and find yeah. some certain videos too. Yeah, I'll I'll Google it and I'll add some to the podcast. How about yeah. that? All right. Thanks, everybody. This is Latrice and Rex, and we'll see you. Well, Rex probably won't see you next time, but I will. Bye. Bye.